Hi, and welcome to the Words of Encouragement podcast, a podcast of love, hope, inspiration, and encouragement using the Word of God for people from all walks of life. And of course, I'm your host, Arlena. Welcome, welcome everyone, and thank you once again for joining me on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. And if this is your first time, welcome. If not, welcome back. I pray that each and every one of you are in the best of health, best of strength, and most importantly, in the best of spirits. And as always, before beginning, I'd like to start by giving all honor all praises and all glory to Father God Almighty, His Son Jesus Christ, and of course the Holy Spirit, because without them, I cannot do anything. But because of Christ Jesus and what He did on the cross, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me, even at times when the road might seem tough. And I put my trust in Christ, and I feel like giving up, I can do all things, not because of myself, but because of him who strengthens me. So yes, and that includes this podcast, as well as this podcast episode. And as always, also before beginning, I'd like to take some time out real quickly to say thank you to each and every one of you who have taken the time out to listen, whether that's by hitting play or just hitting download. Thank you. I truly appreciate it. Um, God bless. Where I am at, the temperature is currently 76 degrees. We have recently had a drop in temperature within the last couple of days. And that was definitely a blessing. So we give God thanks. And, you know, I also, you know, my heartfelt prayers also go out to anyone that might have been affected by Hurricane Idalia, which, of course, passed, you know, a few days. I think it was like, what was it, Wednesday or Thursday? I think it was Wednesday. So anyone that was affected by it, you know, my thoughts and my prayers are with you. Because, yeah, I know what that is like. And that is nothing funny. So, yes, today is actually, hmm, okay, at this point, it's Monday. So it's Monday, September 4th, which is currently a holiday, Labor Day. So happy Labor Day to each and every one of you out there who are in the U.S. that celebrate it. Happy Labor Day to you. And of course, I'm currently laboring for the Lord. And what better labor is there out there beside the work for God's kingdom, his honor, and his glory? 
If I'm going to be laboring, well, I might as well be laboring in his vineyard. So that's what I am currently doing right this minute. The time now is currently 12.05 a.m. So yes, I am currently sipping on a bottle of Gatorade. I had a cup of coffee earlier, but yeah, I already polished that off. So I just have a, a little bottle of Gatorade here. So just take a couple of sips. But anyway, just in case, if you didn't know, or if you maybe was wondering, I am currently on hiatus as far as on this particular podcast, which of course, once again, is entitled The Words of Encouragement Podcast. Probably till the last week of September or either the first week of October. My goodness, time is running. The year is almost over. My God, help us. Time is waiting for no one. Mm-mm-mm. Lord have mercy. Time is like waiting for no one. For some reason, the birthdays keep coming faster. And I'm like, hey, I ain't 15 no more. Hold up. But you know, as long as you live to see one, you got to give God thanks. But I have to be honest. They're coming around real fast. Which, in other words, means, yeah, you're getting older. Things are not standing still. Time is moving. Yeah. So, yes. As I said before, I am currently on hiatus for the time being. But from time to time, I will be posting, you know, some episodes where I will be either sharing, you know, some just some stuff that I might find interesting that I do believe can help, you know, hopefully to point somebody to Christ. Something that can be probably beneficial or that I found beneficial. And I think maybe can help someone else as well. Also, whether it's something going on in the news a book recommendation or Christian media or resource or just a quick message that maybe the Lord might have laid on my heart or in my spirit. And of course, next season, which of course will be season six, I'll be back to my normal episodes. And just in case you were not aware, this past August on the 20th, the Words of Encouragement podcast celebrated its sixth year anniversary. My goodness. To God be all honor and all glory. I never thought that I'd make it this far, but my God, by the grace of God, I am still here hanging on. So yeah, there we go. A hundred plus episodes. So yeah, we give God thanks, at least on this podcast. So today in this episode, I will be doing something a little different, but extremely beneficial hopefully for someone at least I hope so you know I know for a fact that it was extremely beneficial and very helpful to me you know um, especially last year with everything that I had going on and I thought that it might also be a great help to others to help open up our eyes or to give us comfort in some way or some form so What I will be doing is, in today's episode, I will be doing some reading from a particular book. And after the passing of my friend, it left me 
quite grief-stricken. Especially after, you know, after having to hold the hand of someone. And yeah, and they slip away. It was hard. And some days, it still is hard. Not as much as before, but there are times when it is still hard. And yesterday was one of those days. But today is a good day. Praise God Almighty. And I remember having like so many questions about so many different things. And I kind of was typing up some stuff in YouTube. And of course, this video populated. And in this video, they did some compilation readings of this very same book that I'm about to share some of those readings from on this episode. I never heard of this book or anything like that. And I'm like, wow, this book seems very interesting. And I ordered it last year. I still haven't finished reading it, but um, I am reading it. I mean, I haven't picked it up like in the last three weeks, though, but I am still reading it, though. I'm taking my time, I guess you can say. And it was very, very, very helpful. Very, very, very helpful. And I hope it also be, it also can be a source of help to somebody. But most importantly, that it also be an eye-opener for someone. Because I know it also was an eye-opener for me as well. So yeah. So today I will be doing some reading from none other than the book entitled Voices from the Edge of Eternity mm -hmm. by John Myers. And this is episode number 133. And also real quickly, before I forget, I also would like to say thank you to the two individuals that purchased the scripture writing plans. Thank you and God bless you. So I just would like to acknowledge them and say thank you. I very much appreciate it. And if you hear anything strange in the background, my cat is behind me. She is snoring. I'm still trying to figure out why she snores she don't have no job but anyway if you hear anything that's her because my this is not my samsung q2u and that's also a very sensitive mic this is my compressor mic and it's extremely extremely sensitive so i hope it's not picking it up because she is snoring her behind away i'm not sure where she works but she's snoring but anyway so yeah so before I, I, I jump into that real quick, I also would like to say this as well. Um, I think I learned of it maybe three or four days ago because I don't really keep up like that. But of course, it's one of the channels that I was that I am subscribed to on YouTube where I saw the, you know, I was of the of the news because I, I, I wouldn't know. And he shared, I think it was probably on Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, where he shared a video where he was saying that the publishing company was asking for prayer or prayers for Miss Sarah Young. And for those of you who may not know who Sarah Young is, well, Sarah Young 
was, and yes, I'm referring to her past tense because yes, she did pass away. She was the author of, I don't know if I should say best-selling, but they have it listed as the best-selling book entitled Jesus Calling. Now, as far as my take on the book, it's not my cup of tea. But either way, that's not really what this episode was about or is about. But that is the information. She passed away, I think it was day before. Um, and hopefully she has gone on to be with the Lord. And that's as much as, you know, I can say as far where that is concerned. So on that note, just sit back. Relax, grab yourself your favorite hot or ice cold beverage and come back and join me here in a few minutes and let's get started. So today I probably will be sharing with you, who knows, three, four, five, depending on how long the story is. And this will not be the only episode where I'll be featuring this because there's a lot of stuff in this particular book. But today, I probably will share maybe three or four or who knows, five. It just depends on the length. So go ahead, grab that beverage, whether it's hot or cold. Come back and I will see you back here in a few. Are you looking to spice up your quiet time Bible time with the Lord? Well, guess what? I might just have the right thing to help you. There is nothing better than being able to spend quality and intimate time with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and in His Word. For many of us, this may look different from day to day. Check out my 20-piece digital quiet time Bible study bundle. It comes with six topical scripture writing plans to encourage and uplift you as well as to help you get into the Word of God. So if you're ready to dig deeper or simply ready to give your Bible study a boost, check out my 20-piece Quiet Time Bible Study Bundle and other digital Bible study resources at Jahira Print Shop. The link will be featured in the description box. And as always, I'd like to take the time out to say thank you to each and every one of you. I do hope and pray that you will be blessed. listening to the Words of Encouragement podcast with yours truly, Arlena. Stay tuned. Okay, so welcome back. So I have decided to read uh, at least for this one, at least five accounts. So in other words, five stories. 
So the first story that we are, uh, I am going to start with is entitled, I hope my microphone is picking up. It's entitled The Advice of Ethan Allen, the noted infidel to his dying daughter. Ethan Allen was a professed infidel and the author of a book against the divinity of Jesus Christ. His wife was a Christian, earnest, cheerful, and devoted woman. She died an early death, leaving behind an only daughter who soon became the idol of her father. The fragile, sensitive child entwined herself about the knotty and gnarled limbs of the oak. Before long, however, tuberculosis, TB, tuberculosis, did I pronounce that correctly? Tuberculosis, or TB, like we say back home, marked this fair girl for its own, and she gradually wasted away until the sight of her was enough to bring tears to the hardest heart. One day her father came into her room and sitting down by her bedside took her one little hand in his. She looked up into his face and said, My dear father, I'm going to die. Oh no, my child, no. The spring is coming and with the birds and breezes and the bloom, your pale cheeks will blush with health. The doctor was here today, she continued. I felt I was nearing the grave, and I asked him to tell me plainly what I had to expect. I told him that it was a great thing to exchange worlds, and that I did not wish to be deceived about myself. If I was going to die, I had some preparations I wanted to make. He then told me that my disease is beyond human skill. You will bury me by the side of mother, for that was her dying request. But father, you and mother did not agree on religion. Mother often spoke to me of the blessed Savior who died for all of us. She used to pray for both you and me that the Savior might be our friend and that we might all see him as our Savior when he sits enthroned in his glory. Her eyes looked desperately into his. I don't feel that I can go alone through the dark valley of the shadow of death. Tell me, Father, whom shall I follow? You or Mother? Shall I reject Christ as you have taught me? Or shall I accept him? He was Mother's friend in the hour 
of her great sorrow. There was an honest heart beneath that rough exterior. Though tears nearly choked his utterances, the old soldier said, My child, cling to your mother's savior. She was right. I'll try to follow you to that blessed place. A serene smile overspread the face of the dying girl. And who can doubt there is an unbroken family in heaven? And of course, this was adapted from an article by S.B. Shaw from his book entitled Dying Testimonies. So that's our first story. So stay tuned next with the next story. Okay, so our next story is entitled Saved Just in Time. Alice's life had always been a sad one, at least as far as she could remember. Perhaps the first three years of babyhood had been as pleasant and happy as if she had been born in a more comfortable home. But Alice couldn't be sure about this, and no one else could speak for her. Certainly there was misery and unhappiness from day one. Misery that lasted for nearly 15 years of girlhood life. That was the day which came shortly after her third birthday, the day Alice ceased being a baby. She couldn't remember much about it, but it seemed like a big round black spot, big enough to shut out all the sunlight from life. On a dark and gloomy day, some strange men Alice had never seen before came to the little house. They were all dressed in black and took away something in a long, dark box, and Alice never saw her mother again. No wonder it seemed to the child like something black and awful. Besides, after that life was bitterly hard for this, the youngest of five motherless children no longer watched over with the care only a mother can give. Things at home, which had been in some ways bad enough before, were now worse, and the child grew up in an atmosphere of such moral degradation that it is a wonder that she did not fall sooner and sin more deeply than was the case. Two of her sisters lived an openly sinful life, and assuredly the brother for whom she went to keep house as soon as she was old enough was no better. 
One day, a companion of his brother came to the house, and when he went away, he was as light-hearted and careless as ever. But he left behind a girl of 17 with a burden of shame and sorrow and disgrace, such as she felt she could not bear. Alice went to her two sisters with the weight of sorrow and wrong, the only people in the world who could stand in the place of a mother to her. Nonsense, said Kate. Why? You'll get used to it. Bettina, though a little more sympathetic, was even more discouraging. I never thought you'd feel like that, she said. But it's too late to mend matters now. It could have been helped yesterday, but not today. What's done can't be undone. There isn't a respectable woman in the world who'd speak to you now. Alice walked away as if in a dream. What's done can't be undone, she kept repeating to herself, as if to fasten the dreadful statement upon her mind and memory. Occasionally the words changed and she repeated, It's too late to mend matters now. It was the old argument used so successfully in thousands of cases, the argument that one step down the ladder of disgrace involves the whole distance, that there is no hope, no way of escape after the first wrongdoing. There's no help for it. You are doomed now. You might as well take what pleasure you can out of this life. In almost every case, someone is sure to come with this temptation to utter hopelessness and the young girl whose better nature is fighting against the horror of the whole thing calls on the better nature to yield the battle. It is no use trying to be good, she says despairingly. So it was with Alice Sawyer. She knew of no one in the village to whom she could go for help or even advice, and she gave up the struggle. It isn't my fault, she said to herself. Once, when her half-dormant conscience spoke out and would not be heard. There simply isn't any way out for me, or if there is, I can't find it. And that's the same thing. Weeks passed by, during which no one would have suspected that Alice Sawyer felt any repugnance toward the careless, irregular sort of life she was leading. There, I knew she'd get used to it soon enough, exclaimed Kate one day. But Bettina said nothing. Deep down in her heart, there was a sort of sorrow for her youngest sister, but it was a sorrow she did not know how to put into words. After a time, Alice went away from home and found her way to Grand Rapids, where she began to search for work. And like many others, she imagined that it would be easy to hide her shame in the midst of a crowd. 
She wanted to be lost. But instead, she was found. Found by the one who came to seek and to save that which was lost. Almost at the beginning of her search for work, Alice discovered that at least one part of her disheartening prophecy of her sister was untrue because she came across an earnest Christian lady who not only spoke to her, but even took her into her own home for the night. The next day, this lady brought her to the Salvation Army Rescue Home in Grand Rapids. Alice wanted to stay and was very grateful. But yet it all seemed so strange, so unexpected, that it took the poor child some time to realize that the way out of her sin and misery had actually been found. Kneeling by her bedside one night, Alice claimed for herself the power of that uttermost salvation which alone can take away the bitterness from the memory of such a past as hers and which alone can make it possible to sing. He breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood avails for me. That night marked the last of Alice's unhappy days, the black ones, as she sometimes called them in contrast to the white ones, of the new life which then began. Her one sorrow was for those left behind in the village home without any knowledge of Christ. She prayed for them all, especially for her father, then 71 years old. It will take something to touch my father's heart, she said one day to the captain of the home. But I am praying for him. And I believe he will give his heart to God. That something which should touch her father's heart came sooner than was expected by some. Alice had to go to the hospital. And after she had been there a short time, it became evident that she would never be able to go out again. But she had no fear. Her only sorrow was that she had hoped to be able to go to others with the story of the wonderful salvation which had availed for her. On the first evening of her stay in the hospital, the captain and lieutenant of the rescue home went with her and stayed a few hours. As they were saying goodbye to her and the nurse who was to have her in charge, Alice suddenly dropped on her knees by the bedside. It was indeed a striking picture. On the one side were the two salvationists in their uniforms, and on the other side was the nurse and hers, while by the bedside knelt the girl of 18 who had been saved just in time from a life of misery and sorrow. It seemed as if the very light of heaven were striking through, illuminating the scene with divine radiance and blessing. It may indeed have been so, for Alice was rapidly nearing the very gates of heaven.
Suddenly, the summons came. Such a summons always seems sudden at the last. Even when the possibility has been in view for some time. Word was sent to the rescue home and the captain came at once to the hospital. I do love you, captain, said Alice. Then with her eyes steadfastly fixed on the face of the one who had led her into the light of salvation through Jesus, the girl passed quietly and peacefully away to that land where there is no more pain for the former things are passed away. This scene itself would have been a beautiful ending to a story which began in such sadness and gloom. It was indeed a bright, white, glorious day in Alice's experience, but it did not mark the end of her work on earth. The something which was to touch her father's heart proved to be his youngest daughter's death. At the simple funeral service, he came forward like a child, knelt by the coffin, shaking with sobs, and asked God to help him meet his Alice in the great, wonderful land beyond the grave. And that was taken from Adjunct Elizabeth M. Clark from The War Cry. So stay tuned for the next story. The next story is entitled, A Young Man Returns to Tell of Heaven. The following remarkable testimony was given by George B. Hilty to his daughter, Mrs. Carol Reeves of Hammett, Idaho. I've known the Hilties for many years and even faintly remember David Hilty. I've heard this testimony several times and in essence, the retelling has proved consistent. And that, of course, was by Paul W. Miller Hammett from Idaho. And the story goes as such. In the year 1893, the Lord was speaking to David Hilty, a middle-aged, uneducated Mennonite farmer living in Hannah County, Iowa. Excuse me, Ohio. God was calling him to yield himself for the service of ministering to the brethren, but David could not see how a holy God would use such a man as he and would not surrender. During this time that he was running away from God, David bought a different farm and moved into a house where, unknown to him, the former owners had died of tuberculosis. TB. One member of the Hilty family after another became ill with this terrible disease. Two had bones in their legs infected, and the oldest son, Will, developed a lung infection. One day they realized that Will, nearly 21 years old, was dying. His life was slipping away from his body, but his spirit was in such communion with his Lord that he told them he would be going home in two weeks. Then little Elizabeth, the baby of the family, and just five years old, told several members of the family one morning that she was going to heaven too. Jesus is going to take me home right away, she said. 
It was as if she was happy to have received an invitation to go first on this journey her brother Will spoke of so often. The parents had planned a trip by team and wagon up into Michigan, but decided to postpone it a few days. Until their little girl got over her unnatural ideas about death. However, that very day, Elizabeth was quiet and seemed unusually tired. And towards evening, she became feverish and ill. About four o'clock the next morning, she was gone to be with her Jesus, who told her he would be taking her home right away. As the last days of Will's life passed, he continued to praise and glorify God the Father and Jesus' Son, pleading with all who visited him to be converted and to believe. Through cracked and bleeding lips, he spoke of the surprising joy of knowing Christ. He longed to be released from his pain-filled body, and on the very day he had prophesied that he would go, he fell asleep in death. But the mother's heart could not bear to say goodbye to another child. She refused to be consoled. The brother next to Will also felt torn with grief. And kneeling on the opposite side of the bed from his mother, he too wept and called, Will, don't die yet. Moments passed, but the hearts of those who mourned Will's going could find no calm. And suddenly a sister standing at the foot of the bed exclaimed, Look, didn't Will's eyelids flutter? All watched breathlessly as the still form stirred and breath again came through the blistered lips. Mother, John, don't weep for me. Don't call me back. I've been with Jesus, and the glory and wonder of it is so great. Your grief hurt me, and I asked permission to come and tell you, be glad. I had to promise not to tell you the secrets that God has prepared for his saints, but I want you to know it is far, far more wonderful than anything you can imagine. The boy's face shone with a heavenly light as he comforted his parents and brothers and sisters when he again said goodbye and left. They were able to rejoice in his joy and believe that this was only a temporary separation. David Hilty answered the call to be a minister and pastor. He allowed the power of God to change him into a new man and an able teacher of the word. The experience of this supernatural act and the presence of the Holy Spirit that was so evident in his resurrected son will completely melted the unbelief that had held him bound. So that's our third story. So stay tuned for the next two. The name and title of our next story is 
it is easier to get into hell than it will be to get out. Now, ain't that the truth? In the village of Montgomery, Michigan, in the spring of 1884, an infidel, the husband of a spiritualist, was stricken down with disease. He had such a hatred for the cause of Christ that he had requested previously that his body not be carried to the church for funeral services or any pastor be called upon to officiate. Now, as he was nearing the shores of eternity, he turned his face toward the wall and began to talk of his future prospects. His wife saw that he was troubled in spirit and endeavored to comfort and console him by telling him not to be afraid. She told him that his spirit would return to her and they would commune together then as now. But this gave him no comfort in this awful hour. With a look of despair, he said, I see a great high wall rising around me, and I'm finding out at last, when it is too late, that it is easier to get into hell than it will be to get out. In a few moments, his spirit had departed from this world to receive the reward of unrighteousness. This conversation was heard by my sister-in-law, who was present at the time of his death. And this was by Reverend W.C. Muffet of Cleveland, Ohio. So stay tuned for our last story. Okay, so now we have arrived at our last story. And the name and title of our last story is, Oh, I have missed it at last. Some time ago, a physician called upon a young man who was ill. He sat for a little while by the bedside examining his patient, then honestly told him, that he had but a very short time to live. The young man was astonished. He had forgotten that death often comes in such an hour as he think not. At length, he looked up into the face of the doctor and with a most despairing countenance said, I have missed it at last. What have you missed? inquired the tender-hearted, sympathizing physician. I have missed it. At last, again, he repeated. Missed what? Doctor, I have missed the salvation of my soul. Oh, say not so. It is not so. Do you remember the thief on the cross? Yes, I remember the thief on the cross. And I remember that he never said to the Holy Spirit, Go your way. But I did. And now he is saying to me, Go your way. He lay gasping a while. Then looking up with a vacant staring eye, he said, I was awakened 
and was anxious about my soul a little time ago, but I did not want to be saved then. Something seemed to say to me, don't put it off. Make sure of salvation, I said to myself. I will postpone it. I knew I ought not to do it. I knew I was a great sinner and needed a savior. I resolved, however, to dismiss the subject for the present. Yet myself, to take it upon again, at a time more favorable, I bargained away, resisted and insulted the Holy Spirit. I never thought of coming to this. I meant to have made my salvation sure, but now I have missed it. You remember, said the doctor, that there were some who came at the eleventh hour. My eleventh hour, he rejoined, was when I had that call of the Spirit. I had none since, shall not have. I am giving over to be lost. Oh, I have missed it. I have sold my soul for nothing, a feather, a straw. Now I am undone forever. This was said with such indescribable despondency that the doctor said nothing in reply. After lying few moments, he raised his head and looking all around the room as if for some desired object. Then he buried his face in the pillow and again exclaimed in agony and horror, Oh, I have missed it at last, and died. Now is the accepted time. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Hebrews 3 Verses 7 and 8. And that story was taken from the fire brand. So now we have come to the conclusion of the first part of this story reading of some of these testimonies or stories of those or those voices who at one point were at edge of eternity, depending on where they were going to spend eternity. So this is our first part. At some other point, I'll, I'll read a few more. But for right now, we are going with these five stories. And I hope and I do pray that um, they are or they have been um, some sort of blessing to someone, because I know as I was reading one of them, um, uh, it was speaking to me right there at that moment. So I give God thanks for that. Um, I really do. So on that note, I will be closing off this episode until the next episode. And of course, um, I'm not sure what I'll be bringing the next episode, but it's going to be a freelance episode, just like this one. Um, not sure exactly when, but you know, when it does arrive, I guess we all know what it's going to be. So in the meantime, I would like to take some time out real quickly to say thank you to each and every one of you who have taken the time out to 
listen and stay with me at least up until this point of the episode. And I do hope and pray that, you know, someone was able to get something out of this episode and in particular out of either one of those five stories that I shared once again from the book entitled Voices from the Edge of Eternity by none other than John Myers. And also something that I did forget to mention um, is heartfelt prayers and condolences to the family of Miss Sarah Young. Okay, so on that note, I will see you in the next episode, whenever that is. So peace. And remember, don't wait until it's too late to accept Christ. You heard some of these stories. Do not wait at the last moment to accept Christ. You know, a lot of us sometimes, we may wait till, you know, like the thief on the cross. But we don't know why the thief on the cross waited until then. Maybe he had never heard the gospel before. But either way, he received it. But that's no excuse for us, especially in this day and age where the gospel can be heard anywhere if you choose to open your ears, your heart, your mind, and your soul to hear, to listen, to repent, and to receive. In Jesus' name, see you next time.